It's time for school days. Help for moms and dads of school-aged kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. We can get free college degrees based on all of the opportunities that are out here and available to our students. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids. But I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allow them to experience adversity. Yes. Here are your hosts, David and Danita Bailey. Good morning. Welcome to School Days, help for moms and dads of school-age kids. I'm Danita Bailey. And I'm David Bailey. Education reform has caused an erosion of play and physical education from our schools. Research shows that play has many benefits, and its absence is having a negative impact on children. And play isn't just important for young students. Research shows that older students and even adults need to take time to play. Today we've asked two associates from Texas Christian University to talk to us about the LINK Project, which stands for Let's Inspire Innovation in Kids, and they'll tell us about the importance of play for students of all ages. So how much did you play outside as a kid? That's pretty much all I did. Really? After school, I would come home and play. Uh, or I would watch TV, maybe watch it. Do you remember the ABC after school specials? Go, yeah, of course. That? Yes. Yeah, I, I'd watch that sometimes. Uh, then I'd play. Then the summertime, I, I couldn't keep me in the house. I was I was gone. I'd get up and, you know, I did my sport. I had, you know, some type of – I told you I played all the non-glory sports. I did tennis and swimming <laughs> and stuff, um, which is, you know – anyway talk about that in another episode <laughs> uh but then after that I w- I'd, I'd be out all day then come home eat and go back out play again come home and eat and i'd play until man my parents would let me go i'd be out until 10 o'clock nice at night and we used to play a uh, jailbreak or release what, wait what's jailbreak where two, two teams and one team goes out to the neighborhood or hides behind something within a certain range a team hunts and finds you if they catch you you go back to the base and then other people have to re- have to come and release you. You only can only play at dusk, like at night. Okay. It was fun, <laughs> and yeah, I, was, I, I yeah I played hard. <laughs> I went hard. Okay, did and you so go hard, babe? Uh, no, not that hard. I know what you did in the summertime. <sighs> we don't have to tell them about my cleaning habits in the summertime. Yeah, she go hard on the cleaning. <laughs> 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 she will literally. I know we talked about this in another episode. We did. Yeah, she will literally grab a cart, a cleaning cart. And walk around the house. What, 13, 12, 11? Something like that. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And clean all day. I was trying to keep myself busy, and mm. I enjoy cleaning. It's yeah. therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah. We're, we're, but we're I swam a lot. Yeah. We're, we're I was outside every day swimming. Swimming? Hmm? I've never seen you swim before. Yes, you have seen me swim. Sw- like swim, swim, or, or like paddle? No, I can swim. I can swim underwater. Can you do butterfly? Oh, uh, no. Backstroke? Yeah, I can do the backstroke. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Breaststroke? No. Freestyle. Are you trying to? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you trying to start? Anyway, oh, I'm just asking a question. Anyway, anyway, okay. So yeah, I, I played more than you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guarantee you played more than me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's still true to the, to this day. Yeah, it is. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm a little stuffier than you for sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so <laughs> recess. Did you have recess every day? Mm-hmm. Okay. Th- so did I. You know that's not the norm anymore, necessarily everywhere. Mm. Mm. Not every school's have recess. And you had gym every day, too, right? Maybe in elementary school? I don't recall. I remember I remember my PE teacher, Mr. Bernard, 
he was awesome it was like great was this this was all throughout yeah and i mean he that was a highlight of my day i mean that was right that was it that was dodgeball yeah climbing the ropes yeah and i you know i was a double dutch uh king (laughs) i was i want to see you do this oh yeah i was getting it (laughs) i I think i I had the record at my school it might it might still stand to this day i was good you have the double dutch record of uh, double dutch and single and the single like speed jump roping i was good I believe you. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> uh, okay. Don't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go. Very impressive. <laughs> okay. I can't give her all the secrets at the beginning. I guess not. I mean, but we have been married 15 years. Oh, well, that's it's true. It's time to let all the rest of the secrets yeah. out. If I would have told her that in the beginning, I don't know if we'd be married to this day, but I was like, hey, <laughs> hey, babe. Say, girl. <laughs> you know the double Dutch king? <laughs> Did you know that? That might have maybe come to you sooner, babe. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Okay, I'm going to have to start double dutching again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. Sorry. Well, before we get too much <laughs> off track, more than we are, uh, we want to we, we say I'm all, I can't even go on. Uh, before we go any further, let's, we, we, we do want to say it takes a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or nugget of advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it tweet it link it in and add the hashtag school days show and i am school days and also we want you guys to be a part of the show so if you have any questions give us a call at 214-431-5062 so dave who do we have with us today okay so we have dr debbie ray and she's an associate dean of health sciences and research director of the phd in health sciences program professor of kinesiology and founding director of the link project at texas christian university otherwise known as tcu dr ray has been an educator for the past 39 years the first 11 years in k-12 physical education and the last 28 years at the university level preparing physical education teachers and supporting faculty research across the health sciences fields she is an author researcher motivational speaker educational consultant and behavior change trainer dr ray received national media attention as a result of the link uh of link from many different news outlets such as the today show the washington post and the nbc nightly news she has published in numerous journals and presented professionally on many different topics related to living a healthy and productive life uh Dr. Ray has received the Chancellor's Award for the Distinguished Achievement as a creative teacher and scholar and a healthcare hero from the Dallas Business Journal and the Fort Worth Business Press. And create, um, well, well, here we go. Oh, and she uh, creates intrinsically uh, uh, to help motivate um, active, healthy children. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And we also have Dave Farbo. Currently, we have another Dave in the studio today. Currently serves as research associate for the Link Project. He earned his master's degree in kinesiology with a concentration in exercise psychology, and is currently pursuing his PhD from Texas Christian University. As a master's student working with the Link Project, he studied physical activity patterns and emotional stability among children in the unstructured play environment. Dave has presented his thesis results and other link-related research from his time as a master's student at three international conferences. He has also submitted a couple of manuscripts for a publication and 
has been involved in writing of three grants received during his time at TCU. Before joining the Link team, Dave obtained his bachelor's degree in physical education and teacher certification from Bridgewater State University. Where's Bridgewater? Bridgewater's up in Massachusetts, kind of near Boston. Ah, gotcha. Okay. That's pretty cold up there. Yeah, Aren't you it glad is. you're down here burning up in Texas? Glad to be in Texas for <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, welcome both of you guys. Thank you. Let's jump right in. So tell us about Link Project and why you developed it and what it is, what you guys do. All right. So it happened in 2011, 2012. Um, Finland was being talked about quite a bit during that time on how well their schools were doing academically. And I don't know, something struck me from an article that was written in the Smithsonian about what all was happening over there. And I decided, you know, maybe it's time for me to take a sabbatical and find out what's happening and if there's anything we can do differently. From that perspective, it was in physical education. How can I come back and work in that field? But when I got over there, I realized that my childhood was unfolding in Finland. Hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm older than y'all. Um, and my childhood was a six-hour day in school, not seven and a half. Uh, we were in school five weeks shorter period of time than we are today. Hmm. We had physical education daily for an hour. And we had recess for, how long? for an hour. And we had recess. You know, you're just making me mad now, right? Uh huh. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. And uh, then we had recess for an hour a day 30 minutes in the morning, wow. 30 minutes in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was mainly play yeah. uh, in that time period of our lives. Plus, we didn't go to the school until the age of six or seven, depending when your birthday hit. If it mm-hmm. hit before Labor Day, you had to wait. You went ahead and went to school. If not, you waited until after that year, and then you'd start the next year. So mm-hmm. there was a real guideline on that so I went over there and that's exactly what I saw so I came back and said we need to do things differently Mm -hmm. and the two things that stood out were the unstructured play piece which here I'm in the schools all the time I mean I supervise student teachers I was out working with teachers and in-service trainings and it had not dawned on me how much we'd slipped away from the recess side Mm -hmm. I was so concentrated on physical education So I came back and I started visiting with superintendents that at the time I was looking for individuals who um, really saw things glass half full, wanted to make a difference with their kids and knew that being active, being playful was an important aspect. So that's what I came back and started doing and by 2014 we were in our first two schools with the unstructured play piece and a character development piece. And to me, the belief is is that in order to make sure that your students in these schools are not only playful, but also responsible, mm-hmm. you have to have both pieces. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're about both. And uh, so now we're in 38 schools, two wow. states, uh, 10 school districts, and looking to bring more on board. That's awesome. Wow, so we had a concert going on next door, huh? <laughs> it sure sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what does recess look like? So I, I haven't been aware of the change in recess, actually, really, until I, t- till I started researching for the show. So what does it look like in the United States now? Yeah. Because so like we were saying, you know, we had it every day, and it was I felt like it was long when we were in school, too. Yeah. 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 So recess here... The interesting phenomenon is because recess has been taken away for so many years, 
we're down to like uh, zero to one recess a day, even for our pre-K and kindergarten kids. And when they do see the recess in many schools, it's in the afternoon. Can you imagine Mm-mm. a youngster like that Mm-mm. not having playtime until 1 o'clock in the afternoon or one thirty? No wonder we have discipline issues out right. in schools, right? And, I mean, they, this is their first experience with, with having to yes. be structured all day long. Exactly. And, they, you know, they, they're used to playing all mm-hmm. day long. That mm-hmm. was their job. And exactly. Then, and now nothing. Yeah. So when we saw that, what we, what we were seeing with teachers and schools is, well, they don't know how to play anymore. Well, that's true because we've taken it away, right? So everybody was uh, more about trying to teach kids how to play instead of letting them naturally gravitate to what they wanted to do. So when you ask this question, it's complicated in that, um, yes, parents want their kids to play. But you talk to a third, fourth, fifth grader or a middle school kid or a high school kid, and they don't know what play is anymore. All they see is sport. They see the traditional sports setting, and that brings on arguing and picking sides and who's going to be on whose team, Mm -hmm. and they don't understand just how to play. So asking the question about what's recess like, uh, for recess they may have a a one-time, 20-minute, sometime in the day, or if they're not being good in class, they'll withhold it, so it's a punishment, Mm -hmm. and they don't get to go that day, or... They use it for tutoring. So the kids who need play the most mm. are the kids getting it the least. Mm. So those are the problems that we're seeing out there. So 20 minutes a day for like a five-year-old? Yeah, five, six, on a, all the way up. Uh, I know, like at the fifth and sixth grade level where I was at, uh, lunch was 30 minutes and recess was 15 minutes. Yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. You can't mm. even get a good game going in oh, no. that amount of time. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> a good you game know. of tag. Right. And and then it's time to wrap. Now, now sometimes we would extend it, um, just teacher discretion. Mm. Oh, hope, hope nobody's listening there. Yeah, but we would, <laughs> we would extend it sometimes. They can't get you now. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> what you going to do now? <laughs> well, and, oh, and yeah. with one recess, the kids don't want to come in. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So now you've got issues. The, the teachers are thinking, well, if if I go out, I can't get them in. So why am mm-hmm. I going out? Right. Mm-hmm. So then there's this time issue. But when you have more than one recess, then the kids go, oh, OK, I'm going to yeah. get to go out again. Yes. So they come in, they go out. The transitions are so much better when that happens. But you're right. If it's just once, you want to stay out there. Yeah, because it was hard wrangling, wrangling them when they came when we came back in. Yeah. They're like, woo. You know, and so it took some time to yeah. Okay, now settle them down. And, it's, and then I, I taught math too, so you know they're just loving to come to my class. Oh, of course they are. Right. <laughs> 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 we can't wait to go to math class. So yeah, but I'm, I'm definitely understanding. Yeah. Yeah, everything you're saying here. So you said they're having they were having to teach the kids how to play. What do you mean? Yeah. So doesn't compute for me. Dave, you want to take that one, or you uh, want me to take, take it? it yeah. Okay. Uh, so. When you think about um, kids going out into an open landscape and they go, well, I don't know what to do. The, you know, I, what do I do out here? Um, they're just frozen in time on they really don't know how to, how mm. to instigate any kind of activity. They've been that sheltered inside with content time, moving from class to class, being focused on classroom stuff. So when they go out, the teachers started implementing uh, games that they could play. 
and they would take the equipment out there to teach them how to play these games so that they would have something to do. And it just goes against everything that Link believes in, is that right. these kids need to understand, <coughs> look, you may fumble around for two or three days figuring out how you're going to do this, but you've got to figure out what your body requires, and you've got to figure out what play is for you. And so we're all about the unstructured piece versus the structured game piece. We, yeah. want, them to, we want them to play the way they want to play and have natural landscapes and environments for them to be able to do that in. I have pictures in my head of Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> that would <laughs> and be those good kids, well, because yeah. they didn't have technology. I know. So they literally had to figure out what was fun and yeah. what they liked to do. And Yeah. Yeah, we're having to, wow, that's, that's kind of scary. We're having to teach our kids how to play. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say that you don't really have to. It's just you have to have patience to allow them the time mm -hmm. to figure it out. Right. Instead of thinking, well, they're going to get in trouble and we've got to put these things in front of them. But can I just move off on a piece since we're there? Sure, go ahead. Is that we have taken all responsibility away from our kids today. Mm. And this is going to go to parent responsibilities as well. Uh, not that I'm pointing fingers by any means, but because of lawsuits and because of the safety issues and because of all the things that have hit our culture today from the past, we're in a society now where one thing happens and we remove it because it's mm. not good for kids. It's not good for our society. It's not good for culture. When are we going to realize and wake up that our kids do have to be responsible? Mm. They do have to make good decisions about what their lives are about and when they're doing something that is really stupid. And they need to pull back from that. But instead, we're trying to protect them to the point that kids today don't make decisions for themselves. Mm. In a school setting, in any type of setting where there are adults involved, the adults figure out how to make the environment safe or figure out how to make the classroom safe or the school safe or the YMCA or wherever it is. And kids just go through the motions. There's no decision making on their part. And that's not where we need to be. Mm -hmm. And so Link is trying to bring responsibility back to the decision making for kids as well. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about play is l learning how to troubleshoot and problem solve and, mm -hmm. and you know, think and think mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have a, you're not with a joystick. In, do they have joysticks anymore? Is you know, I don't They're controllers. <laughs> controllers. <laughs> well, <not like laughs> it's a joystick. Like no, it was not like Atari, Atari or something. Yeah, no, it's not Atari, baby. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they, you know, computers make the decisions for you a lot of times. And yeah. It tells you where you can go and whatnot. But, you know, when you're literally sending them out in the backyard and saying, figure it out, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that helps with them cognitively. Absolutely. So education reform has in, increased instruction time and decreased play and recess and all the things that we've been talking about um, in an effort to give them what they, quote, need, right? Which mm -hmm. is inevitably more math and reading is what they're trying to um, mm -hmm. to help them get more of. So how has this change impacted kids, yeah. students? One, one particular way is uh, there are so many minutes. I don't know how much y'all have seen over. Well, I'm sure Dave has, but because you've been in education as well. But the, the number of minutes that are required for each of the content areas is yeah. fairly lengthy for the day. Right. So there are very few minutes left for anything else. So the majority of school districts worry that the number of minutes that they have to capture for content 
is then being eliminated or um, used less than what it's supposed to because we add more time for recess uh-huh. or more time for physical education, music, art, recess. So these things that are non, not as much in the content, what we might call specials or electives. Yeah. What we find uh, through Link and what I talk to everybody about is you're not getting as much mind time or thinking time when you have content throughout the day and no breaks. When you add yeah. the breaks, you actually uh, speed up the learning process. So instead of having 160 minutes, 190 minutes, whatever it might be for English language arts, uh, and 90 minutes for math and 60 minutes for science and so forth, instead, you don't have to have as much time. So it goes to the quality piece and takes away from the quantity piece. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what we talk about with teachers, administrators, and so forth is get back to the quality. Quit looking at number of minutes being the game changer. Because in reality, what I ask superintendents today, is it working for you to have more minutes? Mm. No, test scores are still down. It's not the minutes. It's the quality of the minutes. So if we have more breaks throughout the day of unstructured play outdoors, those kids are rebooted, their minds are ready and alert, they're ready to come back and be focused on the next piece that they have to get ready for. And that's it, that is the game changer. So is there something that's happening with them cognitively when they're able to have unstructured time yeah. um, that contributes to more learning or processing and things like that? Yeah. So the research has shown through brain activity that uh, when kids are able to move and play and be outdoors, they're the synapsis that's happening in the prefrontal cortex is building millions of highways. When they're inside, there's a, I I can only give you a visual, but the picture that it shows from an indoor child versus a child who's able to be active and outdoors is their brain looks like it's asleep. Mm. It's it's blue and it's just in a sleep mode. So now you think about your children out there in the schools who are sitting or even if they're moving in the room, but they're in the classroom, still on intentional learning. Mm-hmm. Their brains don't have the time to build more highways, to connect the dots, to let go of something, go out, refresh, reboot, and come back. The research shows that when they're able to do that, that synapsis is building millions of highways and they're ready to come in and get back to work again wow. with that learning. So, so just so, so scientifically, yep when they're active i'm just summarizing what you're saying here is is that when the time is used for more play then you need less time for instruction because the time is more intentional because they're more focused because they're more energized and their brain is ready to learn versus yeah and getting more of it versus getting longer time Mm -hmm. because the brain is more lulled yep and they can't focus as long so you can kind of think of it as like a glass and as they're sitting in class we're pouring water in that glass and after a certain time we overfill the glass and now all that new information that new water is just spilling out and it's not going anywhere they're not storing it Mm-hmm. Giving them the break lets them empty that glass, and now they can come back in and refill with all that new information and start yeah. to learn again. Yeah, just like they were as if they were fresh in the morning. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, that's a. It also helps them be able to com- compartmentalize, mm-hmm. so they're able to start spatially memory, uh, spatially putting their short-term memory where it needs to be. Uh-huh. 
whereas when they don't have that, the short-term memory is pretty much non-existent on being able to keep information. Yep. So when we say a kid goes home at the end of the day, goes to sleep, comes back the next day, and you say, why can't you remember what you did yesterday? Mm -hmm. It's because they haven't been able to compartmentalize mm -hmm. and actually put it where it needs to be. That sounds so much like our sleep episode. Yeah. She talked about um, the importance of sleep and how uh. when you when you sleep, you're you're remembering or your your brain is kind of grasping the stuff that you learned mm -hmm. during the day and um, making it easier for you to recall it and things like that. Can I tell you a funny story? Sure. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we had we have this story all the time where parents will say, you know, my, my kid comes home in the afternoon, gets on their technology, doesn't want to do their homework, uh, wants to stay up all hours of the night, can't get them to bed. They don't want to click off, you know, just turn it off. <laughs> they said after one or two days of link doing these four instruction play breaks a day, they almost fall asleep in their dinner at night, and they sleep all th all the way through uh, the night. Wow. They sleep until the next morning when they're supposed to get up, mm. and they're more rested. They feel good, less anxious. I mean, the, the whole bit. It's just socially, emotionally, physically, cognitively, these kids are settled again. They mm. are literally the kind of kids that you want to see. But anyway, yeah. funny story about uh, sleeping that? in their meals. Yeah. So just, I would, just a, a quick question. So when you're presenting your research to the top loop administrators, it almost sounds counterintuitive, mm -hmm. you know, to, because, you know, as a teacher, everything is, I, mean, I hate to say it, but everything's about, you rise and fall on your scores. Yeah. Um, how, how are they responding when you're showing them the research? Uh, if you had pushback on it, or are they open? To, I mean, if you have people say, well, about the scores, and we got, or is it more flexible than people, you know, hearing and being open to what you're, what you're, what you're sharing? It's a funny phenomenon. You know, I, t I said at the beginning, we have 38 schools, two states, 10 districts. Mm -hmm. But you'd think there'd be a whole lot more right. mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. So it makes logical sense. Yes, yeah. it does. But what, we're, what you're saying is true. The majority of administrators, they know we need recess, but they don't want to give it the value that it's really worth. Mm -hmm. They want to say, yeah, kids need recess. You know, we'll put a policy in. We'll do 20 minutes of recess a day. We'll, we'll do this, these things. But in reality, they still are, are basing it on federal and state funding for scores. Right. And until federal and state mandates take away the financial piece associated with the outcomes, our schools are still going to feel threatened by that piece. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as a result, our children are not going to get what they so deservedly ne need for just growing up in the natural environment that they need. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, um, and I think of... Like particularly in like in urban environments, mm -hmm. where I'm sure it's even it's even you know, absolutely, where the pressure is even higher. That I've heard of districts just taking away recess altogether, yeah, completely for children, yeah, and because because everything rises and falls on those scores. Mm -hmm. um, but it it's going against yeah. what what they really need. It reminds me of a marathon run, and nobody has to run a marathon to relate to this. But if a marathoner finishes a race in less than two hours how much time on their feet have they had to put in, right? But the one that has to spend four to five hours finishing the race, they're going to feel good about it, 
but it takes that long to finish, is gonna, they're going to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing that's going on in our schools with urban development versus the suburban or out in the farm areas mm. is because the kids that get through faster and can move on and do other things, they're getting more benefit from getting to go out and play. Yeah. The ones that are in these inner city schools, they're getting less time with it and less benefit and so it's dragging out longer, and they're more fatigued. Mm -hmm. It's oh. the same kind of ball game mm -hmm. that they're in. Wow, wow. Mm -mm. So Dave, what is a typical schedule that, at a school that implements LINK? Uh, so ours is a lot different from what we've been talking about as far as recess structure. Uh, so we typically will do four recess periods per day. Um, they're 15 minutes in length, and what we mean by 15 minutes is they are a true 15 minutes. So we don't start the timer until they are outside, and it ends when they come back in. Um, and then we typically do two before lunch, and then two after lunch. And then the actual recess period, uh, going on the unstructured piece, it is completely unstructured. The kids are free to do whatever they want. Uh, the teachers are there more there to regulate safety among the kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then going off that unstructured piece again, one thing that we all told, we tell most schools is we do not allow balls on our playground. Hmm. The reason for it is that it brings structure to the, to, the game, to the recess period. So what we mean by that, if we have a basketball out there, majority of the kids are playing basketball. That mm -hmm. is structured. It has rules. Everyone has to follow these rules in order to play. It's not Interesting. really free choosing. It is more, most directly you can be as far as recess period. So they can't pay, play dodgeball either? No balls. Nope. No nope. balls. They have four to, like, square? No balls. <laughs> no four square. They can use a shoe. Yeah. If it'll bounce, they're good. <laughs> so, yeah, so going off of that, <laughs> is, that's very unstructured. With no balls, but we'll see students play a game of baseball with no balls, no bats, no nothing, but they'll hit it run the bases, hey, I caught that, you're out at second. Okay, yeah, you're right, I'm out at second. They'll go back and continue playing like it was nothing. With, I've also uh, seen with like invisible play. balls and Oh, yeah, yeah, you really? wouldn't even think that there's no ball out there. Wow. Yeah, it is really crazy wow. to see. But we've seen them play football out there, oh, too, yeah. with no ball. Uh -huh. But they'll throw the jacket that's all tied up, uh -huh. you know, out there. Wow. Or the funny one is they have no ball. And the kid will act like he missed it. And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? You That's can funny. catch that yes. ball and you'll miss it. But anyway, yeah, they, they, they'll do all kinds of wow. stuff. But yeah. it forces creativity. Absolutely. It's like, okay, so when you have limited uh, resources in front of you, um, the traditional resources that you need or, you know, that you would have provided for you, what do you do? You either don't get the desired, desired outcomes or uh, you have to become innovative and think creatively to get the different things. And, you know, I know like in business and research, and they say that, you know, entrepreneurs that have to be more creative, mm -hmm. uh, when they're limited, they actually, you get better outcomes than when you have everything provided for you. Exactly. So it's very interesting that it, it is, it's creativity and thinking, it's problem solving. Yeah. yeah. It really yeah. is to get, to get what you want. Okay, I don't have what I would think I need to get there. So let me figure that out. And then they, they make it work. And that's what kids are missing today as well, the problem-solving, the critical thinking, mm -hmm. the creative abilities. They're missing those things if they don't have the play piece, the recess piece, mm -hmm. the unstructured wow. piece. Yeah. yeah. And we should say, you know, this is not just at school. We're in the middle of, of summertime when, mm -hmm. you know, all they have is time if we allow them to. So, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to get our kids out more often and we have yeah. one child that would would watch TV all day long if we would let. Him. Right. <laughs> and my kid, you know, he wants to, you know, he wants to play all day long. And yes, you know, I know we, we struggle with you know juggling because we're both you know entrepreneurs and and trying to figure out our schedule and you know, um, so yeah, but it is it is important. 
Mm -hmm. It's very important, yeah. Yeah. So in the schools that you implemented, Link, um, what positive impact with less time in the classroom have you seen? Yeah, so I'll start, and Dave can pipe in too. Yeah. Um, we've definitely seen, and I'm, I give examples so people can really understand this. When we first started, kids would break their pencils over and over and over again because they were pushing down so hard on the lead to write and it was anxiety driven it mm. was stress driven wow. and so when they start link all of a sudden you see that they're not breaking their pencil leads anymore they're not chewing the erasers off the top of the pencils uh, they're not knocking things off the desk they're not fidgeting and moving around the room like they were they're actually sitting and listening and or they may be looking off in space but they're listening and they're contemplating and then all of a sudden they'll come out with an answer creative answers oh my gosh they have become so creative they're storytelling on paper you know before it'd be like i don't know what to put on paper little kids and now it's like oh don't stop don't stop now i, I gotta finish oh, what i'm doing wow, it's great. awesome to see the kind of things that you're seeing in the classroom but the other thing is without any kind of uh, language building they're learning each other's languages on the playground and so they're actually learning Spanish Russian Chinese wow. English all out on the playground together which before you would think well I've got to teach it all to them mm. well they can teach themselves they it's like can immersion yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they can they can do that because now they have the time to do it or communication Oh my gosh, they're actually learning how to talk to each other instead of texting all the time. Mm. And now they go home and they'll ask their parents, and this is the character piece as well because we're teaching this empathy piece. But they'll go home and they'll say, Mom or Dad, uh, you look so tired. Is there something I can do to help you around the house? And you're going, oh my gosh, what alien just landed right, in the right. middle of my kid, <laughs> you know? But it's true. These things are really coming back to the kids. Um, but also from an immune system perspective, I want to talk a little bit about research again, and this comes back yeah. to what we're finding. The parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. Okay, this is all about the nervous system, stress, anxiety, and so forth. Mm -hmm. When we're cooped up inside all day, we're presenting ourselves with the stress response, the fight or flight response. We're not getting daylight, we're not getting the natural light, not getting natural breathing of oxygen. So inside, we're getting all filtered fake stuff, right? Yeah. That produces that stress response state. The cortisol that's coming from that, and this is for teachers, administrators, and kids. They're all producing the stress response state on a daily basis. We then normalize it. Because in our minds, well, we can't go to the bathroom as often. Well, it's because we're teaching. It's because we're the kids, we can't give them every hour to go. So our bodies conform to whatever the school day gives us. We go home on the weekend, and then we're exhausted. We don't want to do anything. We just want to sit. That's stress response. Hmm. You go outside three or four times a day, like we do with Link, and now the parasympathetic nervous response state is given. The outdoors produces that in us. It actually brings the relaxation state to us, and we feel relaxed. We start breathing differently. We start seeing things differently. The D3 that we get from the sun is actually building our immune system. So when we're outside, we're helping our eyes to be able to see better, our breathing with our lung capacity, our, the sun is building the immune system. We're putting ourselves back together. So what we're seeing now 
is our kids are less sick, they're in class more, they're, so which is helping with the learning piece, they're more focused, they're able to regurgitate things more often. All these things are starting to happen. And with zero amount of difference in test scores or academic production. You know, this is, while you're talking, this is making me think about when I used to work in corporate America and I was cooped up in an office all day, but then I had friends that would smoke. They would take smoke breaks. Through. I wonder if there's research about more productive employees when they take you smoke know. breaks. Because I never went outside. Well, speaking of lunch, yeah. I go outside. I know. And that's, we call them link break now, link breaks at TCU. And we actually literally tell Every office person, please go outside and take your 15-minute break. Every hour and a half, mm -hmm. two hours max, do not let yourself sit inside. So, so if they're getting smoking breaks, the other people need to get their break too, yeah, right? Absolutely. Right. Everybody I always so thought about that. I was like, why don't I get a break? Yes, everybody <laughs> needs that break. for eight hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> and then eat lunch yeah. in the office too sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was never getting, you know, my, exactly. I was in a cubicle in the middle. I didn't even have sun with a window. But just thinking if you're complaining as an adult saying i can't work for that long mm -hmm. why are we making our kids sit for four right. hours yeah. like, how does that make sense if we can't ourselves do it yeah right. yeah right. i know there are a couple things that i did in the classroom to try and change things up um you know i couldn't do link per se but i would tell my kids um i don't care where you sit in my classroom i said i don't care if you sit or stand uh you can lay flat on the floor mm -hmm. you can sit it traditionally in your desk or you can stand up as long as you're focused on instruction and you're not distracting other people and i'd have kids laid out i mm -hmm. mean you know and a couple of them tried to doze off on me and have to you know exactly knock them up but another interesting observation um so i taught 10 years um half my time five years were in public school uh, in the beginning and in the end of my career and the middle five years were in uh, charter schools what i noticed and i don't know if it was just particular to the schools i was at but at the public schools, we had little to no windows at all. If we had a windows, it was a sliver of a window, uh, you know, maybe 12 inches wide, may maybe a foot and a half or so. Uh, but at both charter schools I taught at, mm -hmm. um, we had huge windows. You remember mm -hmm. the huge windows like this, and we had natural light coming in. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a very different, I mean, even for me as a teacher, was a very different environment when you had sunlight coming in you know and you could see the outdoors versus this confined space you mm -hmm. know and you know one of my rooms had no you know had no windows a couple of them had no windows at all mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um and so this it's just i'm just kind of processing what you're saying and how it yeah. impacted me as an educator um and you know i got my movement as a teacher because i'm like well, how come they can't say well i'm i'm moving all day long and i was a very animated Probably you figure out I'm a very animated guy, so I was a very animated teacher, and I'm telling them to sit, you know, or you know, um, so or they have to take their their break. Right. Uh, so yeah, I totally get it. Just I'm just thinking through even how schools are designed and structured. Yeah, are, are, is it conducive to, you know, creating an environment where kids yeah. can do stuff like that? You're bringing up a great point about whether we can do this indoors or do we need to go outdoors, mm -hmm. and. Uh, from all the research that's out there, the indoors, including our research, indoors is not as productive as outdoors mm -hmm. on so many levels. But the indoors, if you if you don't have control over going outdoors, what you're saying is totally better 
than not doing anything at all, right? Yeah. So there are yeah. levels of what is the best and what is the worst. And the worst right. is they're sitting in a classroom with no windows. They're in there all day long. They don't get very many breaks. The breaks that they do get are standing in line to get your drink of water and standing in line to go to the bathroom, then go to lunch, and that's all you get. Yeah. The best is that they're getting to go outside multiple times a day to play and socialize and emotionally get their um, their bodies back in check. But with that said, um, we've got so many groups out there and it's usually commercial groups who are trying to say, hey, if we give them fidgety things to do in class, they'll still Fidget be okay. Yeah. And things. the bouncy balls oh. that they sit on. And <laughs> they don't, from our research, they're not near as effective as being outside. Hmm. We Even if they have two or three of those times a day, we're still having much better production across the way than they are with staying inside and trying to do moving things versus going outside and letting them move. It's just a whole different philosophy. And they're not getting the social aspect mm -hmm. inside as they will outside. Right. That social aspect is huge to these kids being productive citizens, not only as children, but as adults. And I would imagine, you know, now in, in schools we have so many children that have mental health issues, mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, and um, bipolar, all these uh, things. It's probably even more important for them to get fresh air and be outside. Absolutely. You know, let me say one thing, and then I'll let Dave go. Um, <laughs> I get this all the time with the mental health, and I go, you know, it's a very simple resolution here. Let them go out and play, and we'll have le less mental health disease. Hmm. They need play in order to not have the mental health disease as they get older. We'll have much less of that when they get older. And people go, yeah, you just think play solves everything. <laughs> yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> it does. Everybody needs play. Okay, I'll let Dave go. Oh, no, you're getting no, okay. You took it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. So we talked a little bit about this, um, you know, with with the link project, and you guys don't allow balls outside. Um, I think as a parent, um, especially in the summertime, we're trying to schedule them and keep them busy and things like that. Um, tell me why it is important to have more than just structured sports and structured things that we have them in. I mean, we kind of touched about it before. Is just mm -hmm. when we're structuring things, we're telling them what to do. And as right. Dr. Ray said, it gets to the point where they don't know how to make their own decisions. They don't know how to play freely on their own. So if we're structuring them with sports all summer long, even if they do have a chance to go out and play outside by themselves, they're not necessarily going to know what to do. They're going to think, okay, I need a ball. I need to play basketball. I need to shoot hoops. And they're not, that creativity side is not going to be brought into play as much if we're basically holding their hand throughout everything they do throughout the summer. The other thing about sp sport is um, we're seeing obesity on the rise, even with sport. And many authors today of research, uh, including Richard Liu, Dr. Richard Liu from California, says that sport itself is actually creating our obesity rates because the kids are not getting as much active time. They're standing around waiting for the next instruction. Mm. They're having to wait for their turn to play. They're having to wait for their offense or defense to take the line. And so, or if they're not playing, they're on the bench. So they're not doing anything but mm -hmm. standing there. And we think that the whole idea is they're getting all that they need from sport. Now, don't take me wrong. I was a coach for many years. I believe in sport. I was an athlete. Mm -hmm. I still am an athlete. I believe in athletics. 
But I also believe that when y kids are young, they should not be in, as a, in athletics as much as the play environment. Mm -hmm. And then as they get older and can understand competition better, then they move gradually from cooperative play into the competitive arena. But right now, we're raising three- and four-year-olds in sport, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's way too soon, and it's way not needed. Um, they should be out there playing more than doing sport until they get older and can really understand what it takes. And then from a physiological perspective, oh my gosh, the number of kids that can't ever play sport again once they get to middle school and high school because their bodies are already too damaged mm. from getting hit too soon wow. in life, yeah. it's crazy. That just shouldn't be happening. But that's where we are today and why we take the balls away is because we mm. really want to make sure that these kids are understanding that the environment that they're in needs to be more cooperative in environment and less competitive when they're younger and then build into competition as they get older. I love yeah. it. So I, I know that we've been, you know, with our, our oldest son, he's 11, and, you know, we have been more int intentional about not putting him in a whole bunch of organized sports. Mm -hmm. uh, one, because I know once that happens, we're off to the races. Yeah, uh, that's true. So, but he's in a league um, where they only they only play one day a week. They do practice first, and then and then the game second for basketball, mm -hmm. and then and that's it for mm -hmm. the week. There is no more practice and stuff as well. Um, mm -hmm. So you know he's going to be getting into middle school soon, and he'll get that. But um, it's just from I'm 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 okay with that. Y hey, personally. you're doing good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's one of a, you know one of our kids that's pretty naturally good at, you throw him any kind of ball and he knows what to do mm -hmm. with it and he actually like stud he's been doing this since he was about three he would watch tiger woods mm -hmm. and study what he did and then he would go practice with his little plastic <laughs> thing so mm -hmm. you yeah. know but still we're wanting to you know just make sure we don't turn our lives upside down right. as we know some sports can do and you know just allow him to enjoy it because yeah. it just has yes. become so competitive in a way that it was not when we were growing up right you know right. um so i, I don't want to leave out older kids yeah. and the importance of play we talked a, l a lot about the younger kids and we know cognitively it's teaching them a lot of things what about when i'm in high school yeah so w when we started in 2014 I didn't know what to do with the middle school and high school kids because I did feel that they, they had already established routines, habits, ways that their bodies responded to whatever they had. And I could just see that if we took them outside and said, play, <laughs> they wouldn't be playing that activity game. They would be behind the stairwells. They would, you know, because... You're talking about right. kids who now have a whole lot of other things going on in their bodies besides just play right. aspects. Mm -hmm. So for, for me, it was, I don't know what we're going to do because it really does need to be more structured in teaching them how to do things. And even then, I just don't know that they're going to respond well to it. I mean, you think of a middle schooler or a high schooler, and all they really want to do is sleep, eat, and socialize and with their scroll. friends, right? Scroll. scroll. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. that's it. Mm -hmm. And so what do we do with them? And, and so at the time that I started in 2014, it was like, I can't do that one because we're not going to have the best results there to show that play is important and needed. 
but the answer I do have, and then I'll come back to them, is that once they start this in elementary school, this is all they know. Mm. So now we can advance through middle and high, and these kids, they're more conditioned. Their bodies are more conditioned to play. They're more conditioned to activity with each other and socialization. And now it's more purebred for what it's designed for instead of these are middle schoolers and high schoolers that just want to find something else to do mm-hmm. that's not necessarily what we what think we is appropriate, do, right? right? So uh, that's one side. But the other side is we've started this program now in some middle schools and high schools, and we're seeing great impact. And so what I would say is, and this goes across any program that would want to do something like this, is start with getting your one or two 15, 20-minute unstructured play breaks a day with the kids and let them go out with kids who do want to be more active. So if it's middle schoolers, you know, make sure you got them in an environment where you can see them. Make sure it's an environment that looks more appealing, not just bleachers and football field but take them out to a field that they don't have a place to sit unless they sit on the ground. Hmm. They're going to start finding things to do or that has rocks, big boulder type rocks that they could be on or trees that they can climb. You'll see middle schoolers and high schoolers climbing the trees. You'll see Mm -hmm. them going and landing on the, on the stones or they'll find places. I'm telling you, they'll even, if there's chalk on the pavement, Mm -hmm. they'll go play with the chalk. These kids are just big kids and they'll do the same kind of stuff, but it's, it's giving it to them gradually. And so what we're finding now is that it's beneficial for all. Mm-hmm. I do want to bring Finland back in for a second because this is what I've learned from them for high school kids. When they see, when their kids get into middle school and high school, uh, they start allowing them to do their more interest areas. So jam sessions. Uh, you'll have kids that just get together and they start with their instruments. They'll start writing songs, playing their songs, singing together. You'll have other kids come over and start singing with them. Uh, you'll have kids who go and they start working with their sculptures or they'll start working with clay or with whatever that they're maybe uh, watercolors or whatever it is. So they're doing more art things. You'll have, so that's music and art pieces. You'll have kids who want to go out and play sport and that's fine by the time you get to middle school and high school. They can, they can do it the right way because they've learned through the character piece, the empathy piece. Mm. Oh, I don't pick you last because you're terrible. I like what you bring because you have more leadership that you can bring to the team. So I want you. Even though you may not be able to shoot a lick, you're good at defense, right? right. And so you can bring kids in for the right reasons, and they think that way better once they get into those environments. So they can do lots of different things, but it's their time. And now instead of being a 15-minute time, extend it out to a 20 to 30-minute break in the morning and a 20 to 30-minute break in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And that becomes more of a doable piece for these middle school and high school kids. Nobody's going to want to do it right now with the (laughs) outcomes. But if you could even get one 30-minute break, you'd be doing better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me just ask uh, both of you. Are we already almost out of time? We are out of time. So... Um, parting thoughts on this. So, if you're a parent of a child that's not in a link school, um, or and or with educators who may be listening to our show, we do have educators to listen to. Um, what can you suggest to them to help create a link-ish type of environment without having the link project in? Um, I feel like you know from hearing what you guys are talking about that this is this is great. It needs to be implemented more, but the reality is, is that most of our 
families and listeners' kids are not going to be in one of your schools. Uh, so what, what would you suggest on that realm to help the, the teachers, um, the, maybe strategies for the kids to help? I mean, so what, 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 would you, what would you recommend on that front? And I think also just as a parent, what do I do to help my kids get away from screens and right. get out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in school or home, just kind of... Short of locking well, the door. And, and the screen <laughs> thing, I mean, I'll take the screen part. She can take the uh, in-school part. But as far as at home, um, the screen uh, screen time is definitely a huge problem. This shows mm-hmm. that kids are almost eight hours a day on some type of screen. Oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. we have data that shows that kids are coming home and they're doing nothing. Um, so as a parent, I would say encourage your kid to go out for an hour a day. Even if, if it's in the backyard, if it's out in the playground, or if it's wherever it may be, um, decrease that screen time manually um if they're if you're not going to stop it they're not going to stop being on it so that's one thing as a parent is just kind of encourage them to go out and play and say maybe let's not watch your 430 program today let's go outside and play for a half hour instead and that will at least start getting that wheels in motion as far as them being more active outside of school so mm-hmm. you're carrying so encouraging the parents to come out and play with them yeah yeah so i mean we've also categorized screen time as kind of a um a babysitter almost to where you yeah. give them the screen and say okay you're occupied for the next three hours and we got to stop doing that as a society mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. just that's not the answer to things and even though it's an easy solution it's just we need to start taking that away and start going back to back into the where in the 90s where we didn't have ipads to sit on all day and right. we were outside and playing um, yeah. so i guess just go back to our roots in that sense yeah I, I would add to that that uh, parents need the outdoor time as much as the kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about sending the kids out to play without realizing that they need to go out and have their own time as well. So I would counter what you said a second ago about, well, they should go out and play with the kids. It depends. They could. But adults change the rules for kids. So it doesn't matter if they set the rules or they're just in the environment. It changes what the kids will do. So for me, the recommendation would be that parents go outside and they do their thing while the kids are doing their thing. And it can be that they're watching to make sure things are safe, but at the same time they can go out and read a book, they can go out and just sit and watch, they can go out and play their own, uh, maybe gardening or uh, swinging in a swing or whatever, but they can do their thing while the kids are doing theirs. Uh, We want the kids to still be able to monitor their own behaviors and be able to play within their own environment. Uh, on the other hand, as far as the technology goes, I would say that the limitation needs to be to no more than an hour, hour and a half a day. And for kids under the age of three, it should be zero screen time, mm-hmm. not even mm-hmm. for learning, not even for what they think is, you know, times to learn things on, on there. There should be zero screen time. TV would be a, a different thing if, they, if there's a good show on there for them to watch. But the screen time is so close mm-hmm. that it's really um, – creating issues with their eyes early on and the way that their brain Mm -hmm. monitors and scrambles with what's going on with screen time. So parents of young ones under three, stay away from the screen for giving them a movie to watch or something to do in the car. Really let them just watch out the window, be more cognizant of what's going on in the outdoors. And then for parents that are home with their kids right now, find parks to go to. Mm -hmm. Even at your own yard, that's great. That's fine. But even parks are, you know, they can explore and they can go out and have more free space uh, as well. Or if they don't and they can just be there at the house, that's fine too, or at their apartment. But they need to have a place that's that's uh, safe for them to be in. You know, on our first show, our first show was um, the impact of gaming on education. <laughs> and uh, was it Kevin Lambert? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kev, uh, he's a counselor. He said the best thing, he said, let them be bored. It's okay. Let them have to figure, don't solve the I'm bored problem for your kids. Let them have to figure that That's out. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We, we try to keep them entertained all the time. Yeah. And that's what's creating a lot of issues in our schools today is that we now think we have to entertain them to teach them. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, sometimes they have to explore this on their own and figure out what way will help them learn best. Uh, adapting is crucial being able to adapt to the situation do i have time to tell one quick story sure okay so i was teaching a recess class about three years ago as an elective on tcu campus it was called recess wow. and um and you know everybody thinks well recess is i get to go play but that's not what it was going to be the objective of this, of this class was to come in and design a playground that could handle four unstructured play breaks a day for pre-K through grade five in an elementary school for longer than a year. Hmm. You know, try to make it for a four to five year sustaining piece. We had kids from all over campus, engineers, chemists, uh, people that were pre-med, PE teachers, or gonna be PE teachers, college of ed for classroom teachers, you name it, they were in there. About six weeks in, I didn't have a syllabus for them, There was no expectation except that they would present at the end of the 16 weeks what their playground design looked like. They had 3D imagers. They had everything at their fingertips, right? They came back in six weeks and said, "Uh, how are we going to be graded? And I said, by your presentation. No, no. What is the rubric? Do you have a rubric for me? I need to know how am I going to be graded? I went, don't worry about it. Just do the project. Make sure you get it done. I'm giving you the fast scoop of this, but by week 12, they were angry. They were ready to take my head off. And they said, you know, we two of the, t- the students were voted to come talk to me and say, we have you in class for other things because it's our major. But really, you've got to do something because we're, we're not going to pass this grade if we don't know what we got to do. And I said, figure it out. Twelve weeks in, they still hadn't done anything, right, to really get the presentation together. I said, I'm serious. I'm not doing anything. You're doing it. Get the presentation together. They started working day and night trying to put this together. By week 16, they had their presentation. There were four different groups that were presenting on different parts of the playground design. They get through, and it was it was really a good ending. But I sat there after it was over, and the other uh, there were two other instructors with me that were helping with this class, and we sat there, and then we went, you know, how much better could you have been if you had taken 16 weeks to put this presentation together instead of four? Right. And the bottom line was this, is that these kids are part of the generation today mm. that don't know how to play. Mm. They don't know how to think on their own, and they don't know how to respond wow. in a way that they can adapt in a situation to what they need. It taught them a lot, and it taught me about how bad this generation is in being able to problem-solve on their own. Can they do it when forced? Yes. Do we need to force them more? Absolutely. Do we need to make it part of curriculum and everything that we do? Absolutely. So on that, uh, thanks for letting me have that that story to tell. Great ending to the show. We are unfortunately out of time, but thank you guys so much for joining us. This was a great discussion. Um, As always, we want to let our listeners know what's happening with Noggin. So Dave, what's happening with Noggin Education? Um, Just real quick. um, We're right in the middle of summertime. It's a good time to start getting ahead uh, for the next school year. Um, Also, uh, getting ready for uh, test prep. Don't wait until you know, a month before you take the SAT or the ACT, uh, being be proactive and understand how to attack the test. 
uh, now and Noggin can provide those resources for you or to get you ready for the next school year or to refresh on stuff that maybe you didn't master from the previous school year. So um, let us help you. You can re reach me at info at Noggin, that's N-O-G-G-I-N, education.com. And with Noggin Educational Foundation, we are in the middle of our hashtag bought a backpack challenge now through August 4th. So each summer we collect brand new backpacks for the students who participate in our summer program. And we also donate to a local Title I school. So we challenge you guys to take the hashtag bought a backpack social media challenge. And it's really easy. All you have to do is buy a backpack, take a picture with your backpack, post the picture on social media and tag a few friends to do the same. And for more information, you can head to schooldazedshow.com. And next week, we welcome back Michael Flores from Brighter Possibilities Family Counseling, and we'll get to meet his associate, Brooke, Brooke DeLuna. Both have extensive experience working with families experiencing separation and divorce, and we'll discuss how to navigate shared custody and education. So, you know, separation and divorce takes a balancing act when you have kids together and getting on the same page regarding your child's academics is so important, right? That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. And as always, head to our website, schooldaysshow.com for more information. And remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Noggin Foundation. That's N-O-G-G-I-N. And last of all, we always want to say and end our show by saying that we are parenting by grace. We depend on God to give us the wisdom and strength we need to raise our kids into flourishing adults. And if you would like to know more about that, you can email us at info at schooldazedshow.com. Have a great week. School Dazed is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Days is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.